Hello and welcome to Dismantle Racism, where our goal is to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. We really do want to create a world where racial equity is the norm. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC, and today we are going to take a look at meditation as a tool for dismantling racism. But we want to begin the show as we usually do by centering ourselves and just focusing for a bit. So I want to invite you, if you can, to close your eyes and take a moment to center yourself and find your breath. Taking a deep breath in and out to tune into that which gives you life. Taking a moment to connect with your divine wisdom and your sacred intelligence, that divine part of you that helps you to make intelligent choices. Breathe in the knowledge that these choices manifest your greatness while helping others to manifest their greatness. And as you breathe in and out, remind yourself that you are loved and that you are love itself. Breathe in and out the knowledge that you are a part of a shared humanity and carry within you the power to heal and to be a part of changing the status quo. Breathe in and out. Acknowledging the power of one contributes to the power of community. Now take a deep breath in, sigh it out, and let's begin the show. Meditation and mindfulness has really become very popular over the last several years. There's been a surge in mainstream society. But if the ideas of practicing meditation are so prominent, where does it show up when we talk about racial equity and helping us to move through these challenging times of really racial upheaval? We've heard a lot of talk over the last few years about people waking up to racism, people who never thought about race in the way that they think about it these days. So what we want to take a look at today is how do we help people move through the difficulties of dismantling racism? There are some of us who've been in this fight for years, so to speak, and there's some people who are new to it, but how do we maintain stamina and how do we get to that place of peace while we are eradicating racism? The journey is not easy, but mindfulness and meditation are tools to help us, particularly those of us who are doing this day in and day out. So I'm delighted to have three guests today who've come to share their opinions about how we can become more peaceful in this world and how we can use meditation to help us. Now, I want to warn you that it's likely that they'll have to come back again or at least come back individually because there's so much to talk about, we probably won't get through it. But I want to welcome today Sister Dr. Jenna Reverend Carolyn Wilkins, and Dr. Ann Dynan. I believe I said that correctly. And let me tell you a little bit about these phenomenal people. Sister Dr. Jenna is the author of the recently released book, Meditation, 
intimate experiences with the divine through contemplative practices. And I'm delighted to say that my other two guests as well are contributors of that book. Sister Dr. Jenna is so acclaimed. She is a trusted spiritual mentor. She's committed to bridging divides in society and building relationship between global influencers. She is the founder and director of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Museum that's located in Washington, D.C. And she's also the host of the popular American Meditating Radio Show. So I do hope that you will tune in to her show as well. And she is the recipient of the President's Lifetime National Community Service Award. I don't have time to list all of her accolades on here, but she is a phenomenal woman, a person that you want to know, and a person that I want to invite us all to just send good vibes and good wishes because of all the hard work that you're doing out here. I know you need other people helping to just send you light and love to hold you up as well. So thank you, Um Shante, for being here today. My next guest, the Reverend Carolyn Wilkins, is the founder Oh. In in just a second, I'm going to let you jump right in there. I just want to introduce all of you all. Reverend Carolyn Wilkins is the founder and spiritual director of Inspirational Ministries. She is also the director of Agape's Global Works Ministry and a consultant and facilitator of healing circles and programs on um, as well on meditation, nonviolence, inclusivity, and practical spirituality. Again, she's a collaborator in the book on meditations as well. And Dr. Ann Dinan is a certified executive coach. And one of the things that I really want to uh, say about Dr. Dinan is she has done an incredible amount of research all over the world overseas, and she's presented her work at international and domestic conferences. She works in particular with helping us to understand the deeper levels of peace and peacefulness. So we'll hear from her today as she talks about that, as well as community ship. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today to each of you. Sister Jenna, why don't we begin with you? I was just going to say that you didn't tell people I was your go-to BFF too. (laughs) Well, well, that's true. That's true. You know, here's the thing. I didn't want to show, I didn't want to like hobnob on here, but Sister Jenna, I had the wonderful, wonderful pleasure of spending, was it two weeks in India? In India, yeah. Yes, it was such an incredible, incredible experience to go to India and to see the work of the Brahma Kamaris and all that you all are doing in the community, but just really it was just so mind-blowing to be there. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful to have gone as well. And, and also, I didn't mention that I'm a contributor in the book as well. So I should say that. But uh, thank you so much, Sister Jenna, for being here today. So why don't we start with you? And then, you know, I would invite others to, you know, jump in as we see fit and have this to be a wonderful and dynamic dialogue. I usually began the show by asking folks what grounds you, but we're here because we're talking about meditation and we're talking about the ways that meditation can be a source for grounding us, not only as we move through dismantling racism, but just moving through what you call the drama of life, (laughs) Jenna. So 
Let me start by asking you, what distinguishes you from other spiritual teachers and advisors? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I think we're all on very similar journeys. The language might be just a little different. Mm -hmm. um, and the language just helps us to feel a resonance or a sense of belonging, mm -hmm. but nothing really. Mm -hmm. If my ego were to come into play, I would say, well, I don't know people who are getting up 3.30 every morning to talk to God. I don't know anyone who's listening to, you know, a document from God every morning at 6.30. I don't know how many Jamaicans out there will give up their jerk chicken and jerk pork for <laughs> vegetarian diets. <laughs> I don't know how many people would give up their party and disco life and all of that freedom of expression for silence and mm. for stillness. So mm. if I let my ego come in, then I'll tell you maybe that. Maybe mm. it's a quiet courage that has always been in there. Or maybe it's just a natural call that is in there and was ready to grow mm. and come to life when it was time. But I think whether you deem yourself spiritual or not, I think everyone's going to go through something to redirect them back inside, Carolyn. Mm. And they'll, they're going to start to have to see something in themselves that they know they know is getting in their way from happiness and freedom and creativity and power and respect and worth mm. and I feel that if we all begin a meditative practice it will help us to enjoy our journey and also just redirect our energies to where there's more joy and more service and mm -hmm. more wisdom yeah and so I, I bet you would say that there's more joy now than than you had when you were partying and eating your jerk chicken and doing all of those things. I, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, I remember when we were in India and, and, you know, you talking about getting up at the three 30 and four o'clock in the morning and it was all vegetarian too. That was the other thing. And so for those of us who, you know, I'm trying sister Jenna, just a wee bit. I won't, <laughs> I won't even pretend like I'm trying a lot, but, um, you know, I, I believe that you are making us more conscious when you talk about becoming vegetarian, about the creation of all of God's beings, right? So can I remind you of that moment, everyone out there? Um, we're in India. It's Mahatma Gandhi's day. There's a cow on the street and Rolanda Watts, who used to do a lot, Reverend Sylvia Sumter. I don't know if Terlin was there, but somehow they had not eaten any meat for about a week. Can you believe Rolanda saw that cow and went, mm, 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 boy, do you look good. And would yes. you believe that that cow bumped her? <laughs> that cow, <laughs> that cow literally bumped her and, and she got like that. And I said, what is do you expect? You can't come to India and tell the most holiest of all animal in your mind that you would look good on their plate. Of course, that cow is going to bump you. <laughs> That's right. There, there, you know, it's an adjustment. It really is an adjustment, but it's an appreciation as well. So I wonder, um, Sister Jenna, just before I talk with the other uh, ladies as well, can you tell us a little bit more about what Brahma Kamaris stand for and what it means? And we have about two minutes to break. So if you could just share with us about that. Well, I think it's about this conversation, dismantling racism. We've done that you know, coming out of Pakistan and when 
the division took place and it became India against Pakistan. Just look at that. Mm -hmm. Two people of very same, same cultures now say they don't get along with each other. La da 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 da. And then going into the root of our existence, not based on the color of our skin, the religion of our choice or what we're birthed into or the land or the language, but going beyond that and going under the skin and recognizing the soul is within you. Mm. And so the whole study of the Brahma Kumaris is to really investigate the, the beauty and the intrinsic value of a soul and bringing that into relationship with each other. I don't care if you're black or white or gay or straight or maybe Republican or Demer Democrat, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, I don't care about that. We shouldn't care about those things. We should look at them as a means to see what value is needed here, mm. what virtue is needed here. So mm -hmm. the whole teaching of the Brahma Kumaris is to neutralize all of this separation, division, conflict, by turning everyone's attention inward and recognizing the worth of the soul mm -hmm. and then giving God permission to fill you up again mm -hmm. so that you don't drain out when you're with so many people who are caught up in the color of their skin, the color of their, you know, their religion, their nationality, and trying to pull you into their limited point of view. In the Brahma Kumaris, it says, consider yourself a soul, remember me, God, the Father, and continue to perform actions that mm. are good. That's mm. it. So that is beautiful, Sister Jenna. I, I love the idea of looking into a person's soul, but when we come back, I want to delve a little bit uh, more deeply into this with our guests because, you know, when I'm walking down the street and someone says, calls me a name, for instance, you know, and I'm going to turn around. Yes, I want to see their soul, but how do we use meditation and the other form of just coping and dealing with racism to move through this? I mean, I think I know some answers to this, but I'd love to hear your answers. So we're going to take a break and we're going to be right back with our guests where we are talking about how do you use meditation as a form of peace and building community to dismantle racism. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? 
Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We're back with Dismantle Racism. And before the break, Sister Dr. Jenna was talking about seeing the soul of each individual. And I share that uh, uh, understanding with you because as a teacher myself, I'm often talking with um, those that I lead about our shared humanity and seeing the divinity in everyone. And there's always this question of, well, some people, I don't see the God in them because they're not showing up in that way. So how do we help other folks to understand that um, there is a soul inside of this physical body that we're housing? How do we use what we know from meditation and spirituality to help us move through dismantling racism? So I'm going to invite any of you to um, jump in and answer that question because I know you've done a lot of work with this. Well, uh, thank you so much for having us. And uh, I want to jump in with saying not only is there a soul, but there's an intelligence within us. And when we look at racism, I've studied it many years. I've been in it. I grew up in New York City and have lived on the East Coast, West Coast. I'm now in Southwest in New Mexico. And there are different ways of looking at it, but we're taught to see our differences. The evidence is going on the, um, going into a playground of children who are two, three, and four and watching them. And it doesn't matter what color the child is. It doesn't matter what their hair color is, what they look like. Little children greet each other with a hug. Mm. They'll look at each other. They may poke at the eye. I've, I watch this because I'm in, fascinated with it. But they will see each other in a way I think we don't even see each other because they'll embrace a child that comes new. They'll look at a child. They'll, they'll maybe pull at their hair or look at something. But they're seeing what we're talking about, the gift in who they are. But their parents or their teachers or someone, including religious leaders, teach mm. about differences. I grew up in a household that it's, it was considered a Black family, but we had our own colorism in it, mm. as, all organ, as all environments do. 
So I was one of my, my brother and mother were a little bit darker skin. And I got to hear about the way they were treated versus the way I was treated. I, I got, they came, my parents came from North Carolina. And so going traveling there, I got to see the difference in how people were treated. Uh, and even though my family owned land and were farmers and, and were actually reasonably prosperous, they were very humble because they couldn't be all they were in the world of that place in North Carolina. And my parents didn't talk about it so much, but I got to observe it, how we had to be quieter, how we couldn't walk on the same side of the street with white people. And I was just fascinated with growing up in New York City and going into A&S and Lawton Taylor and all these places on Fifth Avenue, Saks Fifth Avenue as a child, but then going to North Carolina and not being able to look up at a white person. Mm -hmm. But because I grew up in that time of um, the civil rights era and was in college, when the Black Panthers were there and others, I got to look at race from a whole nother standpoint and got to see more of the inhumanity to man. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I will just say that it's in many layers. What has been taught can be untaught. What has been learned can be unlearned. But what we're seeing now is this uh, thing that's coming through Congress and others in looking at critical race theory in an incorrect way, an unintelligent exactly. way exactly. that is, yeah. has nothing to do with what CRT is and taking out the history mm. of who we are. Now that's only going to make things worse because when you don't know about the history of the people you're around, you're not going to be able to honor the dignity, the worth, the value of what they have given to this country or wherever they are. Mm. So I think racism is, is intentional. Mm. It's intentional to create separation, to keep people um, in, a, in different places and different levels. Uh, it's in so many countries with colorism. I, I see it here in the Hispanic world. Um, they have their own issues of colorism. It doesn't matter who we're talking about. Uh, human to human, there is a need for someone being on top. Mm. And someone, and to me, it's all about power, uh, financial power, um, the power of who they are looked at in society and sometimes power that we don't have on a financial basis, we do to ourselves in our own communities so that we have a sense of power. And, so, and Reverend Carolyn, yes. I, if, if I may interject, I agree with everything that, that you just said there. And I agree with even our own internalized racism. And we know that race is a social construct to begin with. Yes. And what I want, you know, us to kind of help our audience to think about 
all of what you said is true. We deal with this on a daily basis. I just had a conversation with someone even this morning before the show about leaving out a Black man that organized an event yesterday. She wrote an entire article about the event, but left out the fact that this man had organized it. And that's the invisibility, right? The unconscious biasness. So my question for you all is, how do we, considering that we see this happening every day, all of what you just said, we see what happened with George Floyd and Philander Castile and Trayvon Martin and the many other folks who have been killed. How then do we ground ourselves in such a way that we can continue to move through life healthier? I don't know if we'll ever be completely whole, but how can we use spiritual practices to guide our actions, to keep us moving forward, not to ever give up, or to really be able to say, I'm going to reach across the racial divide. Yes, that person may have just called me the N-word, but now how can I use my spiritual practices to help bridge this gap? Well, I'm, I'm happy to indulge in that area. The first is to see everyone on a spiritual basis, that we, we are not the color of our skin. We're not the uh, look of our hair. We, we are within us individual spiritual beings. After the George Floyd uh, killing, I participated in a program called Breathe With Me that we thought would last. It was a meditative um, approach to dealing with the pain and the agony and the despair. And we thought it would last two or three months. And it, I was involved for 70 weeks, over a year. And we began each circle. It was a circle for only an hour. And we began first by recounting the events that happened that week. And I did the overview. And each week there was something else. There was a new killing, a new problem, a new uh, issue. And we asked people, how were you affected? And what are the feelings you experience? We don't do that very often. We don't allow it to be part of of what we're looking at, we sometimes try to put it aside. Another question is, what are you afraid of? By also giving people permission to tell the truth about what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Then we would do breathing. Short, it didn't take long, something called the straw breath where we breathe in through our nostrils, hold and breathe out. And then we ask the question, what inspires you or gives you hope? Mm. And before we got to that, people were tense when they came into the circle and they were angry and upset and frustrated. But by giving them a place, permission to share what was in their heart, as soon as they did the deep breathing, everything shifted. Mm because they were not only able to open up and heal wounded places, but the breathing, meditation and breathing 
changes everything. Mm-hmm. And then we end it with what are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. So that That's- practice, and it can be a daily practice mm-hmm. of yeah. being open to what is uh, that little irritant, what is affecting you from a standpoint of race, but mm-hmm. always ending in what gives you hope mm-hmm. yeah. and what is the grace that is here for you to be a part of. Thank well, you. what makes your program was so powerful, Caroline, is that with the George Floyd thing that I can't breathe, then we get to realize how powerful breath is. And I think when we look at dismantling something that is so subconscious, it has to be a soul workshop or soul effort in order to break the way I see you mm-hmm. with these two eyes. It has to be a spiritual healing for all people, black, white, Chinese, Indian, whatever it is, in order for us to break this. I mean, how long has racism been around? Mm -hmm. And what have we done? How many projects, how many billions of dollars have gone into efforts to end this, to somehow find a way to get people to shift the way they're thinking? It still exists. Mm-hmm. And mainstream media is still showing us some of the most horrifying scenes of people in African-American bodies being bludgeoned or being killed for no reason, just to impart in the consciousness we're still in charge. Mm. So there has to be a reawakening and a spiritual reawakening mm. that we, we can move that energy out of the narrative. And that's why meditation in this show for you, Dr. Turlin, to actually bring meditation into your audience is a sign that you are really serious Mm. about saying it's enough of the chit chat. Let's get to the real core, core issue here and fix ourselves. Yes, yes. So, so we do have to take a break, but I want to just echo that is why I do the breath work to call us back to spirit, to call us back to divine. And I often have to look at the world with everything that's happening. And I have to say, this isn't real. The realness is my connectedness with spirit. And so that's really important, but we have to take a really quick break. And when we come back, Dr. Diana, we're going to hear from you and your thoughts about uh, peace and peacefulness and how we help to heal dismantle racism. We'll be right back. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges 
business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with Dismantle Racism. Um, Dr. Dinan, I'd like to ask you a question now about this missing concept that you talk about between connection with our higher consciousness, uh, the meditation process, and then social and racial justice. You tie that into peace and peacefulness. Tell us a little bit about that. So unmute yourself, please. Thank you so much. And first, I just want to start with deep gratitude for all of you and the listeners. Um, I really ascribe to um, a philosophy uh, around Ubuntu, right? I am who I am because of who we all are. And that is actually the premise of, of what I'm going to share today. Um, a little bit of the backstory. Some of you may know um, that both of my children are adopted in African-American. One is a dark-skinned, uh, dark-haired male, and the other is a very light-skinned, white, blonde girl. Um, so watching how people responded to them when they were very young just absolutely echoes what Reverend Wilkins was sharing. Um, and I had also spent time in both South Africa and India prior to their, their birth. So it's interesting that you had uh, mentioned Gandhi because he did as well. So I was started to observe through a different lens um, about racism and about, um, you know, all of the systemic issues really that that go into um, dismantling racism. And it was just sadly fascinating to me. But I, I then started a journey of doing which I think many of us do, right? So like, how do we undo? How do we, you know, how do we act to undo racism? How do we, um, how do we do these things? How do we even do peace? You know, how do we do prayers? How do we do meditation? And I just kept scratching my head going, what is the missing link here? And for me, the answer was that uh, I, and I think many, were not being. So we were not being from a place of peace, for example. So we wanted to act peace and we could write up a whole plan for how to do peace. But um, I was looking at, at people who were doing peace and they had beautiful hearts around doing peace and about dismantling racism and, and all these beautiful things, but they were burned out and they, they just were frustrated and angry. And, and sister Jenna, I'm not going to steal her thunder talks about algae. Um, and there was, was a lot thinking of, that. of that. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> so a lot of that was at play. And I was just looking at this going, 
I'm befuddled. <laughs> so I, I started searching for more around being peace and peacefulness and how that connected to doing peace and, and found Raja Yoga and, and Sister Jenna. Um, and really, for me, felt like meditation, and I, and I kind of want to split that a little bit. Some people feel like meditation is just, um, okay, I'm going to still my mind. I'm just going to go in and I'm not going to listen to anything. And my, my mind has to be completely quiet. Um, for me, I think it's really about that soul connection. Mm -hmm. So it's meditating so that you can still yourself, but for the purpose of elevating your soul of being able to hear messages from wherever you believe that they're coming from. Um, and for the purpose of creating a global flourishing society that is not only at peace, but is peaceful. And mm. so meditation um, and the way in which Sister Jenna speaks about meditation, of course, uh, Reverend Wilkins as well, for me is absolutely key as the first step, but also must be infused throughout the processes. Um, and if we truly are paying attention to the what we are getting in meditation, it would be, in my opinion, almost impossible to go out and treat people the way we are treating people globally as well as domestically, because we would recognize, this is the tenet of Ubuntu, interconnectedness, right? Mm -hmm. These people are my brothers. These people are my sisters. I am connected to all of them. How can I perpetrate this against them? And in Ubuntu, there's the sense is if I do harm to you, I'm also doing harm to myself. So who wants that? <laughs> um, but I think there just needs to be um, a recognition. And so the work that I'm doing is really about connecting um, meditation and meditation processes to peace and peacefulness for the purposes of eradicating things like racism and ultimately creating a global flourishing society. You know what I love about what you're saying, and actually Ubuntu is one of my favorite, uh, not just a word, but it's, it's what I live by as well. And I mentioned it uh, in a talk I did yesterday, but what I love about what each of you are talking about is that when we go inward and we connect with the soul, it also determines how we will show up not only in the work that we're doing, but how we will respond. So I can remember years ago when I would train people to try to dismantle racism, I would take it personally when someone would say, oh, I can just hear the violins playing when I would try to explain my experience as a person of color. I don't take it personally anymore when they say that because I do understand this is a soul, a misinformed soul, but I don't take it personally. And I think the value of connecting with our higher selves and our higher consciousness and meditation is that it strengthens us as we're going out to do the work that we're called to do every day. So not only do we not wound other people, we don't wound ourselves by getting caught up in the drama, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I would love for a moment if, since you mentioned algae, if Dr. Jenna would just speak to uh, just briefly, what, what is algae? Uh, unmute yourself, please. So uh, algae is an acronym that I use, and it would be great when we break off to go into commercial break. But A is for anger. 
is for lust, G is for greed, A is for attachment, and E is for ego. And I'd like you to think about when your thoughts are influenced by that motive of intention, what's going to be the result versus the strong section of it or the opposite to it. The opposite to anger would be peace. The opposite to lust would be purity. The opposite to greed would be joy and contentment. The opposite to attachment would be love. And the opposite to ego would be truth and wisdom. That's algae. So once we can move that out, racism is done here. Mm -hmm. It's done. Everything is done when you move out algae out of your consciousness. Mm. What I think when I hear you talking about and when I hear each of you talking, of course, we know that there are a whole group of people who have no interest in moving racism out. But I think those of us that have an interest in doing that, if we were to practice these techniques, it makes us stronger. That's the voice that's then heard more. I don't remember which of you, I think it was Reverend Carolyn said, or maybe Sister Dr. Jenna, I'm not sure, but talking about how they're constantly showing on television who's in control, mm -hmm. right? It's terror. It's, it's terrorism to me is what it is when you start to show we're the ones in control all the time. So we will shoot to kill, right? Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, those of us who know truth about the higher connectedness, our voice needs to be amplified. Yes, and we yes. Need to so Dr. Curry, I want to interject, and I don't know if we're going for a break, but I think that everyone, every single soul out there, 7.5 billion, there will come a time in their lives where something is done to them. Something happens, whether it was a clerk that spoke unkindly to them, and it could be a Caucasian clerk. It just doesn't have to be an African-American clerk. But that somebody just spoke without reverence for your spirit being on the planet. And you'll see how that makes you feel. So you can roll that into racism. You can roll that into politics. You can roll that into religious iniquities. At the end of the day, anybody who speaks to you from their lack of self-respect and value as a God's child, and you catch that vibration or that virus into your system, then you can see with your own eyes, it's not only about the dismantling of racism. It's about the dismantling of the algae in your personality. Mm -hmm. So I don't even have to wait for my fellow African or Indian or Caucasian to stop looking at me with that lower vibrational frequency. You just have to look at your own life and just see how much hurt and disappointment, but dreams and expectation and goals you're carrying in you that you will be wasting your life to actually hate someone because of the color of their skin or their religiosity. Mm -hmm. And you wonder, are you really willing to contribute to a narrative that God is so small mm -hmm. that he would make you so insignificant mm -hmm. that you would actually hate another one of his children? Mm -hmm. So I think when you go into the spiritual dimension or you go into the emotional healing realm, or you go into meditation, yoga, prayer, contemplation, you're actually now for the first time, maybe after a long time, really establishing your connection to source. And you're beginning to listen and feel what source wants of you. And it will not be hidden through your behavior, through your thoughts, through your words, through your actions. I really am God's child.
and I will show you that. When we come back, I want to tell you, remember the story of that police officer, the woman who shot this innocent guy in his apartment. And mm -hmm. yes. when she was when she was convicted, I think the, the brother, the young brother on the stage just says, I really forgive you. I'm sorry you have to go through this. I wish you didn't have to go to prison. And he hugged her at the end. That's a soul conscious being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you see you're not in that vibration that's a soul conscious being can you imagine how much she learned from that gesture and what her soul will carry into the future for so many 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 lifetimes yeah so we we are going to take a break and i want to come back because i i want to ask your question about that but when we come back i also want to make sure that we talk about the book and how the book can help us in our practice of dismantling racism. So we will be right back. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. are back with Dismantle Racism. In our last few minutes together, um, I want to go back to what you were saying about this young man hugging the woman who had um, shot and killed his brother. And I'm grateful for that higher level of consciousness. And a couple of things come up to me and uh, come up for me as we're thinking about this. Where does accountability come in, even in the midst of forgiving? right? How do we understand accountability? And I ask that in particular, because in our culture, in the African-American community, we often talk about forgiveness. And people want us to rush to forgiveness without holding people accountable. So any of you uh, can speak to that, but Sister Jenison, she brought it up. But. Yeah, I just want to jump in because we all just said it, that if you're wounded and you give wound to other people, you're feeling it first. 
So we don't have to create more, more heavy duty weight of karma by trying to force someone to be accountable for a lack of virtues in their choices. The fact that you did something to wound another person, Mm. you're going to have to be accountable with your conscience within yourself that you have to live with that choice that you've made for a very, very, very long time. And I know that with these two naked eyes, it seems as if you're getting away scot-free. Nobody gets away free by their thought, words, and actions that they're doing inside of their heads. Nobody. Mm. Me, Mm. you, nobody. The greatest saints Mm. or the worst, nobody. Mm. So when we talk about accountability, I don't, I look at it like I know they have to settle the account of this debt that they've just created with me. And I'm sorry that they have to do that. Mm. So I think when his gesture showed his soul conscious connection and his love for God and the path of Jesus, Mm. he was revealing and awakening the world to say, we're not always going to do everything right. Mm. But when somebody does do wrong, it's at that time, we have to help to lift them up. Because when we keep kicking them down is when they feed into the algae. Mm. And that algae cannot stay in their spirit. So it has to be directed towards somebody. So when someone is putting a knee in someone's neck, when somebody's shooting an unarmed man because of the color of his skin, just because he winds down his window, that's a sign of how much algae is in that soul. And if you need to get rid of that algae, you're going to need to have a connection and an intimate relationship with God, which is why we did this book together, ladies. Everybody, we contributed in this book about our mystical and divine experiences with God that made us into better people. Mm-hmm. Why Dr. Terlin is doing this show is that she's now a better version of herself. Mm-hmm. And when you start to become a better version of yourself, you can keep this quiet to do good. You can keep this quiet to see good. You mm-hmm. can keep this quiet to want to listen to what's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that connection to source to me, that's what's going to dismantle the algae, which will help to dismantle the racism and the chaos and the confusion that we're witnessing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree w- with you more, though, because once we see it in ourselves, and we began to dismantle all of that anger and frustration that's within us, it gives us the voice and the power and the discernment to do better, right? Because we don't act from a place of just emotion. So I want to just ask um, Reverend Carolyn and, and Dr. Ann, you know, because you both contributed to the book as well. And I want you to hold the book up again and give us the, the name of it there, because this was a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of pouring out went into this, but what would you say and add in the last few minutes around the book and, and just really your, your thoughts about dismantling racism through this higher level of consciousness? Well, I would like to share that the book was, uh, is, is a beautiful opportunity for people to share experiences of meditation. Uh, mine was done Uh, I shared an experience that I had of sitting in nature and how nature spoke back to me. And what I want to also add is that what we're doing is the people who will read this book, I believe will probably be adults, but I want to just make sure I input something that we must do this work for our children. 
I do a program with um, Art of Living that teaches children, it's called Sky Schools. And we go into the schools and teach children about uh, social emotional learning, about breathing, and that they have power. Because racism is about someone wanting to be in power. But what we teach is the power is within and that and you can maintain your own uh, centeredness through your breath. And uh, so I just want to share that that um, that the work we're doing is for all levels, but most importantly, for our youth. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Dr. Diamond. Sure. So here we are. <laughs> um, my story first for um, this process was, you know, I just quickly wrote up a little story, uh, a meditation experience, and I submitted it. So I had no sense really of, of the power of this book. And when I received the book, um, I was blown away because I was able to, um, to, I think, really gain power from other people's stories. And I think other people who read this will as well. And then what Sister Jenna wrote um, really was just a beautiful context and beautiful uh, container for all of these stories that really, I think, will touch people. People will go, oh, aha, that's what that means. Or I'd like to get a little more of that. Or, um, oh my gosh, I'm not alone in this process. Or this is how I can do this for myself. So I think the power was twofold of this book. One is the stories, the sharing. And the second was the, uh, the container that Sister Jenna put around it. It was a beautiful experience. I do hope people will go out and get a copy of the book. It's called Meditation, Intimate Experiences with the Divine Through Contemplative Practices. And as you all were talking, I was thinking about, you know, I contributed to when I was called into the ministry, because one of the things that we have to keep in mind, yes, we're out here and we're doing work in our daily lives. But when we're called to that higher level of consciousness, it's like the divine is saying, yes, and there's more that I have for you to do. There's an expansion that I have. And what is the impact you can have on the world? And I think with this book and the contributors of it is that there's a great impact that we can have by teaching folks to go inward and to connect with the divine. I do it on a Sunday morning when I'm preaching, but there are other ways that I do it as well, even when I'm teaching about dismantling racism, I start from that place of love. That's where we start from and our shared humanity. So uh, we, we are going to uh, end very soon, but before Reverend Carolyn gives us um, a quick blessing, I want to thank each of you for being on the show. And I want to ask you, how can people get in touch with you? If they want to connect with you. Definitely, I'd like everyone, I'd like everyone to connect with the world on February 22nd, between 2 and 3 p.m. PST, where we're going to hold a moment of remembrance of the one above at 2.22. It's going to be on the Unify platform, and we're inviting everyone to just pause at that time 
to bring in the mysticism and the power that you're seeking inside of yourself when the whole world and millions of people are going to hold that thought with you and for you and that you'll be contributing to that. So please uh, tune in that and save the date, February 22nd at 2 p.m. PST on unify.com or unify Facebook. But if you want to find me and chit chat a little bit, go to www.americameditating.org for whatever connections and stuff you'd like. And the book, I want to thank the three of you for contributing and making the book so much richer uh, so much richer than it could be. You know, it's really very, very rich. And I appreciate the three of you participating in that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Reverend Carolyn, how can folks get in touch with you? Uh, people can contact me through inspirationalministries.org, inspirationalministries.org. Okay, great. And we'll have that information up as well. And Dr. Dinan, how can folks get in touch with you? Yes, www.deeperleadershipinstitute.com. I want to just thank you all again so much for taking the time out to be on the show. And of course, I want to thank my listeners and invite you to stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz, where he helps you walk through life with the greatest of ease and joy. But I'd like for Reverend Carolyn to close us out, please, with a blessing. Thank you so much again for bringing us together in speaking about meditation and peace. And we're actually going through something called season for nonviolence. So I'd like to do a blessing around acceptance. That as we reflect on what is difficult to accept in myself and other people or the state of the world, I let go of resistance, judgment, and allow myself to accept and acknowledge what I'm resisting. But I also allow myself the opportunity to lead with love, kindness, and a sense of peace, mm. knowing we're all connected. We're all energy. And we're all one. And so it is. And so it is. Shay, um, Shanti, to each one of you. This has been the Dismantle Radio Show. We will Dismantle Racism Radio Show. We'll see you next time. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc.
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 